0: Cleveland Sports Show starts now. Booyah! Welcome one and all to WKYC Channel 3's edition of the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show every Friday starting at 1230. I am Adam the Bull and coming up on today's show, I'm going to tell you why. Even though I'm worried about the Guardians offense, I'm not
1: worried about their best hitter, Jason. I'm Jason Lloyd. What do you think about the Cavs? NBA Finals? Or a first-round blowout again? What do you think is more likely? We're going to
2: talk about it. Jarrett. I'm G. Bush, and then we're going to talk about Andrew Barry does not have a contract. Does that mean he's going to spend his rent money in the club? We'll explain what that means when we come back.
3: McNuggets. And there are a lot of potential upcoming free agents across the AFC North. We're going to tell you which ones we'd be most happy with if they <clears throat> left their respective teams.
0: So let's. Well, we, we'll get to that eventually, but let's start with something that uh, – G. Bush mentioned, and that's the coach the coach, and the GM guys. Kevin Stefanski and Andrew Berry do not have new contracts. I think we all thought that would happen after the season. The prevailing thought around the organization from people who cover the team, guys, is that this is going to happen. Yeah. Jason, I know you in particular have been saying Stefanski deserved, deserved an extension for a while. Are you surprised it hasn't happened yet? Yeah. And are you expecting it to happen soon? And do you think it
1: affects the decision, especially by Andrew Berry, this offseason? I don't know the timing of when it's going to happen. It should have happened already. Absolutely. It should have happened the day after the season ended. It should have happened during the season. I think both of them, Kevin Stefanski and Andrew Berry, did such a tremendous job last year with all the obstacles put in front of them that they both should have been extended. If they wait till July or whatever before the season, fine. I do get the feeling that it is going to happen at some point. I just think it should have happened already. Is that going to impact... Decisions they make in free agency, well, that depends on how Andrew Barry feels. If Andrew Barry feels like the extension's coming, then probably not. It is probably human nature to wonder about your future and wonder, uh, am I gonna be here? If if you don't think you're gonna be here a year from now, it's gonna change the way you approach and, and handle things. I do think internally they probably feel like it's coming, like it is going to happen, so I would tend to say it's not going to impact how they approach these next six weeks of the draft and free agency and everything else. I just don't understand the delay. I I think it should have happened already. There is no logical explanation to me of why this hasn't already been taken care of.
2: G Bush. You look at it. You tell me today, G Bush, you ain't got no contract. I'm like, oh, I don't got no contract. That means I don't got no future. I can't even settle down. So that's going to change the way I'm on the show. I need to shoot the ball. I need to be out here talking. I need to be jumping in these conversations because I got to prove that I should have got a contract when you Andrew Barry and you have a season like you did, they won no the awards, you looking around like, listen, man, I'm, if you don't believe in me now, well, wait till yeah. I go get these receivers. I, I, I'm not worried about the budget. I'm going to go get, make sure that this team is stockpiled on the field and making sure that I got the best chance of proving myself in this next year in the one long, short term, not the long term. If you're a fan like G. Bush, who talks about Operation
0: Stockpile, then maybe it's a good thing if Andrew Berry feels the pressure to do more now, because maybe he'll be even more aggressive in going out to get another defensive end or something we've talked about a ton, a wide receiver. I think Andrew Berry is way too big a nerd to to make that decision, <laughs> and I say that with all loving. I, I you know I'm I'm pro nerd, uh, but um, I, I <laughs> you like that Steve. Uh, I, I look at the Browns and I don't I don't think Andrew Berry is really going to change his philosophy because I would think I mean he's been an aggressive GM in a lot of ways. He's been very aggressive. They've aggressively made trades, even when they've had to give up first round picks. They've been aggressive in free agency, really all the years he's been here, and they need to do it again. Deshaun Watson, this is this is it. This is the make or break season for the most important position in the on the team. I know that his fi- contract is 5 years but if Deshaun Watson fails to do a, to have a good season in 2024 then the Browns next year may have maybe drafting a quarterback in the first round even if Deshaun Watson has 2 years left that is not out of the, out of the possibility of reality so yeah you have to treat this season whether you have a long term extension or not I think Andrew Berry needs to be all in on this season because if it goes poorly, we could see Nick Chubb out of here after next year. We could see Miles Garrett out of here after next year, Joe Batonio, and a whole lot
1: more. It's got to go well this season, guys. It's all in for its win now. We were talking about that during the YouTube show. Is yeah. There is no – every organization, every responsible organization has to plan out what's our cap situation for next year and the year after and the year after. It's part of just being <coughs> fiduciary responsibility. Yeah, But – to your point, there is. It, it last year felt like the most important season. Now this year feels like the most important season right. because so many guys are in the prime of their career. Miles Garrett's not getting any younger. You know he's in that window right now of the That's win right. now mode. Right now, Nick Chubb's had two major knee injuries in his career. Now it is it is right now. It, it's it's no longer a, a point of what are you going to do a year from now or two years from now or three years from now. It has to be. About 2020, And it's not like the conference or the division are getting any
0: easier That's right. three years from now or five years from now. All the other good quarterbacks in the AFC outside of Aaron Rodgers are young. So it's not like, well, let's wait it out here. No, spend. there's none of that.
2: Spin, spin, spin. You know, listen, hey, I told you it was about spending your rent money in a club. Yeah, I'm, I'm willing to put, spend my money in club because my lease is up in six months. If we can we, we figure it out and go get another apartment after that. But I, I just think, you know, just to echo what you guys are saying, you got to get it done now. Two years, I think, tops is what you're looking at in this window. You got to maximize that. And by the way, I you
0: answered initially about, you know, why hasn't it happened yet. I, I don't really have a good answer at all. I don't know if anybody has a good answer as to why either of these guys have not been signed. Could it be a negotiation where – Barry and Stefanski are both happen to be looking for more money than they're being offered. Nice. I guess that's possible. It seems unlikely because the one, the one consistent compliment amongst the all, all the criticisms of, of Jimmy Haslam, the one consistent compliment
1: I've given him is he's not cheap. Well, it it cost him by not extending Kevin sooner, because now he's a two-time coach of that's the year true. within yeah. the last four years. So the meter is running on the amount of zeros. He's going to have to put on that check. Had he yeah. done it earlier, Probably could have got him for a little bit less. Guys, let's move on to another subject here. In the AFC
0: North, we've talked a ton about the Browns' free agency, what they're going to do, who they may or may not lose. But obviously, you've got three other teams in this division. They're all contenders. right? There's no, there's no team that you don't have to pay attention to in the AFC North. So you've got to pay attention to all three teams. Obviously, uh, the Ravens won the division last year, but even the Bengals will finish last we're 9 and 8 so everybody's a contender. We wanted to look at the free agents that are that these teams are dealing with and who is the guy on each of these teams that we all would that it would be best for the Browns if they left. So let's send it to Mikey to set this up further. Go ahead. So
3: I asked you guys to all send me an answer, one from the Bengals, one from the Steelers, one for the Ravens. Right. We were all unanimous on the Bengals, so we'll start there so we can run through it quickly. But you guys all agreed That if the Bengals were to lose any upcoming free agent, you would be most happy if T. Higgins changed jerseys. Why was Higgins the obvious answer? Well, I don't know that I'd be happy, personally. (laughs) But
0: but it would be best for the Browns if T. Higgins left. Now, one thing we could do real quick on the Bengals, since we have a little extra time here, Mike, we all did pick T. Higgins. But if we assume T. Higgins is going to get franchise tagged, I don't know if you guys had a chance to look at the rest of the Bengals list. Who would be, if, if they tag... Uh, Higgins, who's the guy that you'd like them to lose the most? Their other receiver, yeah. Tyler Boyd. Yeah, yeah, he got to go. See, I would that would not be my choice because I think Tyler Boyd. They've already replaced him with young guys that are that showed good promise last year. Uh, to me, the biggest loss for the Bengals, assuming they franchise tag T. Higgins, would be D. J. Reader. Now he's getting old, but he's given the Browns some problems in the past, and well, not and another team certainly a lot of problems. He has been one of the best you know non sack defensive tackles now he's one of the best in the Bengals consistently when he's not been there in the years that he's been with the Bengals when he's been hurt their run defenses hit the skid so he would be a pretty big loss now he's older so i
1: don't know how good he is at this point but that would be a significant loss i don't th- loss. i think we all agree T Higgins isn't going to make it to free agency probably he not. would be the i think he'd be the number one free agent on the market if he made it to free agency is there someone else who who's who would command more
2: i don't think so i mean
1: just a wide receiver yeah
0: no, the only argument would be Michael Pittman. I, I, but I think I, Higgins I, would be Higgins would get the biggest Yeah, definitely of if the wide receivers yeah. if he had free agents.
2: And I'll tell yeah. you, since it's a faux pas that yeah. you can't uh, really wish in, any serious injuries, that's yeah. not a thing anymore. T. Uh, Higgins, you, <laughs> you got to go because the contract is, you know, just you, you structure them your deal. Yeah. You get them up out of the division, man. Yeah. When you play playing the Bagels and Joe Burrow and they got two receivers that might be better than your receivers, that's just a really big advantage around, especially when you got a franchise quarterback. I would love to have T Higgins here in Cleveland, but obviously the Bengals are not going to let that happen no. in the division. So T Higgins is an obvious choice. All right, let's move on to the Ravens. Uh, let's go start the Steelers, Steelers
3: first. Okay, and we'll ahead. start with Jason. Who was your pick? The one guy from the Steelers and their free agent crop, not very good. So all three different. Jason, who's the guy you want to see leave Pittsburgh the most? Yeah, there's
1: not a lot. <laughs> I they don't have, have a good any thing. good free agents. Well, the one that I circled was Quan Alexander, their linebacker lost early to injury. Right. That's true, He, that's he was having a decent year at least veteran, came over from the Jets. I do think that they would miss him at the linebacker position. Uh, I think it was Achilles that took him out this year. So that, uh, short of that, I didn't see anyone else on that list. That Now, I didn't spend a ton of time looking at I was walking through an airport, and that's my defense for when we get to the Ravens, because I messed up the Ravens. But Quan Alexander, for for sure, I think would would hurt the Steelers if he he left.
0: So my guy, uh, the Steelers free agent list is so bad that I actually picked the guy who the Steelers just cut. I can't even remember how to pronounce his first name. I think his last name is like Okafor. Uh, Chikumwa Okorafor. He's an offensive lineman. He's actually a decent player. I, I, he has started plenty of games them. I'm not even sure why they cut him. I guess it was a cap reason. Maybe they think they can get better, but they've had trouble on the offensive line. And he's a decent player. Again, there's nobody on the Steelers. They could lose every free agent they have, and I don't, I don't know that it would matter. But uh, if I had to pick, I think he's the best player, but it, it certainly could be Quan Alexander,
2: man. You know what it is. I'm, I'm just getting my petty bag. You going with the I'm butter? just, I'm just going super petty. Miles Garrett. I got you big dog. Mason Rudolph. Get out. <laughs> Mason Rudolph. Do not collect $200. Do not go past goal. And we need to see you in the, in the, in the real world. You need to be a civilian and welcome to the job force. We need to see him do something out of football. Maybe uh, landscaping or uh, running some accounting mm. services. But Mason Fair. Rudolph, I don't like your, your helmet situation. No. Get up out of here. I'm just being petty. It don't even really help the Browns. Actually, they, they should keep you if I want to help the Browns. Yeah, that's true. But I'm true. just being petty to get you on the street.
0: That's true. The uh, best thing for the Browns with the Steelers is that they don't add a quarterback. Is that they keep free agent Mason Rudolph, even keep free agent Mitch Trubisky. Yes. To battle with Kevin, Kenny Pickett. Go ahead, Mike
1: Ravens.
3: We'll go to the Ravens and Jason because I know you already regret your answer. I want to let you start so you can't steal anyone else's.
1: <laughs> I went with Kevin Zeitler, the offensive guard. He spent some nice, time in Cleveland. Good player. He's a good player. And in my defense, it's not much of a defense. Mike sent this out, and I was walking through the airport in Denver yesterday, flying home for spring training. Scrolled through lists. It's like, nope, not Odell. Nope, not Jadavian. Zeitler, give me Zeitler, mm. because there, I think there is some continuity. There, there's something to be said for continuity across the offensive line. And he's been a solid player throughout his career. And if they did lose him, it would be a hit. It just wouldn't be as big of a hit as the name that I didn't see on the list. Yeah. And I totally forgot. By
0: the way, I'm now deaf from Mike saying in my ear, you're bull, you're next, bull, your next.
3: <laughs> bull, your next.
0: Uh, can't you just tell all three of us so it doesn't – I don't know. Uh, go ahead. My guy is uh, Matabuke. Yes. Yeah. I can't that's, pronounce anybody's name. That should have been my guy. But, I mean, we talked about him in the beginning of the show when we talked about potential free agent ads – uh, for the Browns, I, I, this guy is a young, up-and-coming player. He's in the prime of his career. Somebody's going to pay him a ton of money. And the Ravens, as listen, Lamar won the MVP. Uh, he was one of the best players. A big bounce back year because he's been kind of okay the last two years. Between his MVPs, he's he's like the Blake Snell of quarterbacks. He wins an MVP or he's just okay. But uh, but really, the Ravens were were as good as they were because of their defense more than anything. And he developing into this really excellent defensive lineman is a big part of the reason why
2: uh, they were so good. So he's my choice. Uh, Matabuke is, is to me, there's no way and you know what did they let this dude get away. I mean, they better super tag him three, four times. For me, this is kind of underrated. I'm going to go with Patrick Queen. And the reason why is I think mm. Patrick Queen, when you look at what he's able to do because they have Roquan Smith, Roquan Smith gives them an ability to get him lined up. And Patrick Queen kind of slides down to that rover position, where it's, hey, he, he sideline to sideline, uses athleticism. And you got two really good linebackers that can play three downs, uh, you know, run, stop the run and a pass. If you get him up out of here, you can isolate Roquan Smith. In the run game, and I think there'll be there'll be a less of a dynamic uh, force on defense. All right, great
0: conversation about the Browns, but we're not going to forget about the Cavs and the Guardians. And when we come back, is the Guardians' best player in store for a bounce back season in 2024? We'll get to it next on the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show. Welcome back to the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show here on WKYC Channel 3. Thank you for joining us. It's time to talk some Major League Baseball. Every year, MLB Network unveils their top 100 players right now. And often in the past, in my opinion, Jose Ramirez has been too low on this list. Well, now we're about to find out where he is, and is he too low still, too high, or just right? Mikey McNuggets, what do you got?
3: Yeah, Jose came in at number 14 on this year's list. You know, we could argue, is that too high, too low, just right? I, because it's voted on by players, executives, and a whole compilation of different people. I didn't want to necessarily argue the ranking. I just wanted to use this to set. Can we get, I think we should give our opinion. You real think 14 quick. is right then? Is it right? I, I right think he's range? a little
0: high
1: at 14. Real quick. I think he's right, That's where he should be. I think he's a top 15 player. I think he's around 19, 20. But that's top, still top 20. Now, if I'm, starting a t- if I'm starting
0: a franchise, I'm taking everybody below him on that list ahead of him because they're well, all younger. But we're not starting but that's a franchise. Not fair.
1: We're doing right now today. Right
0: now, I'd put him below a couple of those guys. I think he's a little high at this point, uh, but, but not far off. He is between 15 and 20. 16. So he's in the right range, yeah, right whether range. or not he's Definitely, exactly yeah. right.
3: But the big question here, guys, is Jose had a phenomenal 2022 season, took a step back, and injuries played a role in that in 2023. The rest of the guys around him in the lineup obviously did not produce at the level the Guardians had hoped for. So do you think heading into 2024, Jose's due for a big bounce-back season, or have we seen the best of Jose Ramirez?
1: Jason, he is what he is, and he's a model of consistency. Last year, I think his numbers being down a little bit probably were more to do with what was around them and just how badly they struggled to score runs. Ultimately, it's not like this guy's 35, 36 years old and his career over. He's going to hit 275 to 280. He's going to knock in around hundred. He's going to hit 25 home runs. That's who he is almost every single year. If you look at his last three years, he's averaged about a hundred RBIs a season. So if he gives you that, you take that and you run with it. 280 average about 25 home runs and around hundred RBIs and also some speed on the bases and a gold glove level defensive caliber third baseman. Jeez.
2: Yeah, he, he's, he's, he's not where he was in 2022. If, if you can get Jose from 2022, where he's already up around 120 something RBI. That was a career year. That was a crazy year. If you get 115 from him, say 285 and, and 25, 26 home runs, I think that puts you in contention in, in this division with a weak division. I think um, it, it'll be a lot to ask him to get it hit in the 30s anymore, even though you have him. You say I do. You have I going see. I don't 31. think so. I
0: think he, you know, he had 29 in 2022. That wasn't an outrageous number because he hit 30 something 36. I think in 2021 in 2020, I think he had 17 in a 60 game season and even in 2019, I think he hit about 25, but he missed like 50 games that year. So every other year for the last five, he's been on a pace of around 30 more than 25. And as you said, Jason, He's certainly older and getting to the end of his prime, but he's not quite there. He's 32. I think he's got, a, I think he's got one more, maybe two more, 30 home run seasons in him. So I think he'll hit uh, between 29 and 33 homers. I do – I think – and he's had this a few times in his career – I think he, he was dealing, he was definitely, not think, I know, he was dealing with some nagging injuries last year. And Jose, whether he's injured or not, he wants to be in the lineup every day. Is
2: he still in his prime, Jason? Or is he at the back
0: end he's of He's at his the prime? back
1: end. I wouldn't call this prime time, Jose. It's probably the back end of the prime. But he's only hit 30 homers twice in his career, sort of to the point you alluded yeah. to. He's had a lot of injuries. He's had a lot of hand injuries and and wrist issues in the past, and he's probably going to have a DL stint or something like that, which may prevent him from hitting 30. Twice in 30 years, uh, two two times in his career, I can't expect at age 32 he's going to hit 30. Give me 25, 27, and 100 RBIs, I'll take it every time. 15 stolen bases and the type of defense that he can play at third. Yeah. Yeah. That's Certainly top would take it.
0: Uh, you want him to be overall. He wasn't as good last year as he had been. Absolutely the past true. Few years. Yes. I think his overall game will bounce back, and and we'll, we'll see. I mean, there's not a huge gap between 25 and 30 homers. They could use every homer though. Yes. Coming off of a season as Jay mentioned earlier, where they didn't hit a ton of homers. All right, we're going to take a break here. When we come back, we've hit. We've talked about the Browns. We've talked about the uh, the, the Guardians, the Cleveland Cavaliers. What's more likely, getting to the finals or not winning a series? We'll discuss next on the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show on WKYC. Welcome back to the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show on WKYC. Before we get to the Cavs quick breaking news from the NFL, and it's about the salary cap and it's a good news for teams that have spent a lot of money like the Browns. This is a record, folks. Usually in most years the cap goes up 6 million, 8, 10, some recent years 12 or 14. The salary cap for 2024 it was just announced is going up 30 million dollars. Last year was about 225 this year, the cap will be $255.4 million. Obviously, next week, there'll be some, we'll talk plenty about that. And that update was brought to you by Operation Stockpile. There, <laughs> there you go. Mikey McNuggets, what do we got on the Cavs? All
3: right, guys, we talked a little Browns, talked a little Guardians. Time for a What's More Likely Cavs edition. So, G. Yeah. Bush, I'm going to give you a question. You tell me. What's more likely? You ready? Yeah, let's roll. What's a more likely outcome for the Cleveland Cavaliers this season? A trip to the NBA finals or a first round playoff exit?
2: Um, unfortunately, I'm going to have to say a first round playoff exit and here's why. Uh, you take a look at the Cavs are 38 and 36 and 18 right now, seven behind the Celtics. But look at the teams that are, are you know, bringing up the Eastern Conference. Right now you got the Heat uh you got the magic the, the magic just beat the Cavs uh last night on their own court the heat went to the finals last year you know what they talk about the heat culture uh, unfortunately there's a lot of teams in the, in the eastern conference that are that have a, a little bit of uh a, 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 of a, of a puncher's chance to beat you even if they didn't have a great regular season uh and with that being said i think it's more likely just by a smidge did they lose a first round matchup, didn't go to the NBA finals. Jason. Yeah, I have to agree with G. The East is so stacked and it's so loaded with
1: teams right now with really competitive teams. A team like the Sixers without Joel Embiid could fall to the point where the Cavs would catch them in the first round matchup, which would be terrible news for the Cavs if that were to happen. It's so hard to get through the East to get to expect them. I know Milwaukee's had a lot of problems, but I still think this is just a veteran team. It's been there, they're bored. They're gonna be fine in April, May, and June to get through Milwaukee, to get through Boston. Mm. It's really hard New to York. get met to navigate the entire East and make the finals. I think that's probably still a year away for the trajectory that the Cavs are on with the NBA. Typically it goes in levels. They got there last year and they got embarrassed. So now you get back, you go a step or two higher and then next year is when you go a step or two beyond that. I don't think either one is going to happen, but if I have to pick, it would be a first round exit.
0: Yeah, Obviously, uh, we all don't think either one is all that likely. But here's the bottom line. The Cavs, in the history of the franchise without LeBron, have won four playoff series in their entire franchise without LeBron. It's a lot of years. all right. So to get to the finals, they have to win three. Number two, the Cavs have won one playoff game without LeBron in about the last 20 years. Yeah. So I, I, I'm going to say they're going to win 12 playoff games without <laughs> LeBron. It's possible But it's highly unlikely. They are way more. I I don't think it's that close. And I hope hope I'm wrong. But now it depends where they finish. Like, they're in the two seed now. But there's no lock that they're going to. They could easily play Philly in the first round. And if Embiid's back, they might be an underdog in that series. They could end up playing the Knicks in the first round. And And as you mentioned, even if you play Miami, which is very realistic, Miami's got that magic because they got the best coach in the league. So, I think the Cavs are going to win a series. I think they got a decent shot to win, too, even. But I can't see them beating Boston. I think that's going to be nearly impossible. And uh, so, unfortunately, I think we're in a clean sweep yeah. of the fact that it's, yes. it's more likely. Mike, do you want to make the argument for the other or no?
3: Yeah, I'll make the argument. I, I think the answer is more likely first-round exit. But in a 2-7 matchup, Let's say they play Orlando in the first round. I know Orlando beat them last night, but they still have to go through all their growing pains as a young team. You beat Orlando, maybe you get Milwaukee in the second round. Milwaukee can't stop a nosebleed right now. And I know they have Giannis, but their defense is suspect. Cavs get hot. And then you see what happens in the conference finals. But losing to the Magic would be a tough way to go out for the Cavs. I don't think it would happen. So. Folks,
0: if you've only watched us here on Channel 3 WKYC, please make the trip over to YouTube. I know maybe you're scared of YouTube. YouTube is easy. All you got to do is go to YouTube.com and type in The Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show. You can watch us every weekday, Monday through Friday, of course, from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. We'll see you on Monday on The Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show.
2: Peace!